Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series devoted to interviewing pastors and professors from LFBI and across the Living Faith Fellowship. Each week, we come together with the hope of encouraging you in God's Word, uh, instilling ministry principles, uh, discussing theology and, and doctrine so that you have a better understanding of God's Word. Uh, we do this with the hope uh, that you would grow in your faith and, and ultimately uh, be that much more equipped for the work of the ministry. Now, this week, we are going to be having a conversation specifically about typology, uh, which is an approach to studying God's Word. And uh, we want you to be in awe and inspired by the Bible. Uh, the Bible is a profound and amazing, amazing book. It's, it's divinely inspired by God Himself. And we're hoping that today's episode will give you some insight into just how complex and supernatural this book really is. And, and for that conversation, I've invited uh, a dear friend of mine, Pastor Brian Hedges of Heartland Baptist Fellowship and president of Word First Publishing. Uh, we're going to be discussing typology, and we're inviting you into that conversation. And so with that said, I want to welcome Pastor Brian Hedges. Welcome back, man. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me, Brandon. So last time we were together, we were talking about comparing Scripture with Scripture, establishing context, understanding the three forms of application. You know, how do we get stuff from the Bible that, for our lives that helps produce understanding and, and change in our own life? And mm -hmm. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more specifically uh, about kind of a, a principle of Bible study, if you will, this week, and that's typology. And I just want to start by asking you, what is typology? Yeah, well, typology is defined various ways. So you can find a lot of uh, very extravagant uh, definitions of a type. Uh, but the definition I'd go with is a type is a, a person, um, an event or an object, a ceremony or a figure uh, or representation found in the Old Testament, uh, that which foreshadows something that's yet future revealed in the New Testament. Mm. And the archetype, or the it's also called the nanotype, which we can get into those terms later. Right, right. But to make it simple, maybe for someone who's a layman and uh, confused by that, you know, really a type is is really like the shadow uh, that you would see on an image. So it's uh, the the a shadow would represent an object, but the object itself is the archetype, or the what we would say is the anti-type. It's the uh, the real deal. So right. as we look at types. Um, uh, it's often easy to say they're pointing towards something, but in many ways, it's it's a it can be likened to a shadow. You can kind of see the image. It's it's in the definition or the form of the object or the person or whatever right. it's representing, uh, but it's not the object. So this idea uh, of shadows, I think, is important because you know a shadow is inextricable from its figure, mm -hmm. right? Everyone produces a shadow, and it's very much likened unto their actually who they are. And so there's these strong connections. And in fact, types even can can produce doctrinal perspective, right? If you understand a type in a correct way. And so maybe explain, you know, what did Christ say uh, regarding typology and maybe give us some insight from God's word, just, you know, different places in the Bible where it points to the idea that the typology is actually a legitimate thing. It's a legitimate part of Bible study. It's not something right. that we've made up in a theology classroom or in a seminary. It's it's something that the Bible talks about. Absolutely. Yeah. Jesus himself um, used types when he was speaking to Nicodemus mm -hmm. in John chapter three and verse 14. You know, he said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. Yeah. And so he um, he took Nicodemus to a place, a type 
in the Old Testament to to try to comprehend uh, the what was going to happen uh, mm-hmm. and who he was. He was right. trying to reveal himself. Uh, and so for Nicodemus to understand that, uh, he would have had to uh, understand, and he would have as a teacher, as a yeah. as a teacher of teachers. That's right. Uh, he would have understood Numbers 21, 7 through 9, mm-hmm. and that passage where Moses uh, is commanded to to make a brazen serpent and, and lift it up so that the serpents wouldn't destroy the nation of Israel. He also would have understood Deuteronomy 21, uh, which says, and if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, <clears throat> and uh, and he be put to death, and thou hang him on a tree, uh, his body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any ways, anywise, I'm sorry, bury him that day, for he that is hanged is accursed of God, hmm. and thy <clears throat> thy land uh, be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. And so a man was not to hang on a tree, you know, it, it would defile the land if it mm-hmm. was left there overnight. So right. all of those things would have been stirring in Nicodemus, Nicodemus's mind as Jesus said this and used yeah. this type. Yeah. And of course we understand uh, because we have the fullness of God's word in the New Testament, that Galatians 3.13 tells us Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Right. Yeah. And so that's a really uh, you know, good example of a type and how it's used in Scripture. But uh, to your point about how someone might you know, say, well, you know, and that does happen. People think that people who appeal to typology are um, really using allegory and manipulating right. the Bible. That's yeah. just absolutely. First of all, Jesus did that. Second mm-hmm. of all, I would mention that uh, Paul did that mm-hmm. in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, he calls on us to go back and examine what happened to Israel right. uh, in the wilderness. And he tells us these things happened to them for samples and examples. For who? Yeah. For you. Yeah. Uh, that that's a type that that uh, you know that is that you need to examine. You need to understand the principles. You need to understand who was leading them. You know Joshua, aka Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. out of the bondage of the world through a Red Sea. You right, know, baptism, right. picture of baptism in the in the pillar in the cloud, all of those things that are mentioned there are types. Yeah. So if if using types to teach the word of God and to clarify doctrine is wrong, then both Jesus and Paul are wrong. Right. So if you give me those options, I think I'll go with the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really good. And I, I, man, you you said so much there that I wish we we could unpack. But just yeah, absolutely, all of those things you mentioned. In terms of the time in the wilderness and the, and, and the person of Joshua and the person of Moses and all of these things give illusion to, but also connect doctrinally to very clear things we see in the person of Christ and, and his ministry. Um, so maybe for a second, let's, let's back up a bit and ask the question, you know, what's the difference between an illustration and a type, right? So I think there's lots of things that are illusory. Mm-hmm. But what makes a type unique from an, an illustration itself? Right. A type, a type is tied to doctrines. There's shadows that God has given us in the Word of God. Um, you know, and, and so he's in Hebrews, the Bible says, who served under the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to, to make the tabernacle, mm-hmm. you know, um, for to see that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. So God has given these yeah. shadows, these yeah. uh, these things that are uh, 
patterns. That yeah, that's really to. good. Yeah, and and uh, versus uh, just a, a generic illustration. So the word white is a really important word in the Bible, and it, it and it has a lot of meaning, but it's not a type necessarily. Right. It just can be used to illustrate, um, you know, the the impact of the blood of the lamb, right. or or all, many things. The, yeah. The holiness of God. And, it's not necessarily a type, though it's useful to illustrate mm-hmm. things that are types that tie to doctrinal truths and shadows that God has given us. And so Hebrews 10.1 says, for the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image, right? right. So so there are some of these types that we're referring to are actually taking us somewhere Yes, to the actual, as I defined it earlier, the object, uh, yes. to the real McCoy, the authentic mm-hmm. uh, thing. Whereas there's all kinds of great illustrative uh, verbiage in the Word of God that we sh- can and should use, um, but it isn't a type. Yeah, a type has more specificity in that yeah, way. Yeah, it's very specific. Yeah. Man, I love what you said about that. I never even thought about that before we entered this conversation, but the idea that God was very intentional about the objects of the temple having very clear doctrinal implications for the nation of Israel. They weren't They weren't just functional. Right. Right? They were, they were symbolic of of the personage and the character of the Godhead. Yes, absolutely. And that was, that, I mean, God had that in mind from the very beginning. It wasn't something that, that Moses just made up, right? This, right. Was, this was God's intent. And that's God's heartbeat, and that we see that carried out in other ways uh, throughout the whole of Scripture. Exactly. And once again, it be, it, we are able to even grasp types because we have a, a high view of the uh, preservation of God's word mm-hmm. and the inspiration, obviously, mm-hmm. but the pres- God's word has been preserved, and uh, and so God has given us these patterns that He wants us to have. It's not just an, an allegory; it's not just an approximation. Uh, the things that He's recorded are there for our edification and learning, and leading us to ultimately Christ, as you, like with the temple, uh, mm-hmm. everything in that. Uh, you know, there's a temple in heaven, the three compartments, the Godhead. There's so many things we could just oh, yeah. go into, but all of those types are are really there to help us understand Him, right? You know, the object, which is Jesus Christ. So, what do you say to someone who is maybe struggling with uh, making or distinguishing the connection between type and archetype? Uh, you know, if they if they you know if they're studying the Bible, maybe they're a student of God's Word. Uh, how would you encourage someone to begin to make those types of connections that they see uh, between the you know things in the Old Testament and and those things that are actually uh, clear subject matter of the New Testament believer? I mean, how would you promote that so that they could begin seeing those things where they didn't see them before, perhaps? Yeah, that's a good question because I do think it's important that um, we go back to our previous conversation mm-hmm. about not just context but principles of Bible study, right? Because types are going to be revealed. Um, as you understand um, Christ and his purpose with the Bible, like, mm-hmm. you know, understanding, first of all, uh, what is the object? You know, right. you're not going to really fully grasp the type until you understand um, who the object is. That's why in the Old Testament, we like to look at mountain peaks of prophecy and and uh, all kinds of things that the Jews were engaged in. They didn't understand fully because mm-hmm. it hadn't been revealed. They, right. were, they were living in a shadow, yeah. in the dark, and it was dimly lit. Yeah. So we got to start. With Christ, I think it's important to start. Uh, we're New Testament Christians. Uh, as much as we need to understand the history and all of that, it's preeminent that we understand Christ, the doctrines of the church, and the fulfillment of Scripture through Christ. And then the types will will manifest themselves as we go back and say, "Oh man, now I get that lamb." 
That's yeah. Jesus Christ. And it new it gives us nuance. Yeah. Uh, and it's very practical and inspirational application when you can say, and I'm in, I'm in Exodus twelve, and now I see that that lamb and that blood on the doorpost and that type. Wow. You yeah, know. Yeah. But now you can apply it. Yeah. You know, it's it's a lamb. I need to bring my neighbor over. I need to share Christ. And and so I think the types become very profitable. Um, not just in a in a understand eschatology and and there is a lot there sure. that is revealed that we we play on you know mm-hmm. which trumpet's going to blow to catch the church away right. and yeah. is it a shofar or a silver trumpet all these things yeah, that we can get yeah, into yeah, in yeah. types but it's also practical mm-hmm. which is you know what I, I have the lamb and i'm going to take him and share him yeah yeah that's know? good and so if you i think it's important that we start with the um with christ and that we kind of the types will continue to uh, they are, if, if as we've all studied the Word of God, they continuously. It's what makes the Bible so exciting, is you see these types perpetually. Right. And how often do we? I don't know about you, but I'm constantly saying, "I've never seen this." Yeah. And and it just pops, and the Word of God just just is amazing. Yeah. And and you know, anytime that you're in, especially the Old Testament, you can't help it. They just reveal themselves. But that only happens. What you're saying is that only begins to happen in your life and in your study if you're very familiar and intimate with God's word to begin with. If you're right. familiar with doctrine, if you're if you know Jesus Christ and you're studying him and his personage, the the real deal, right? Right. Then everything else begins to to illuminate itself. Yeah. Amen. So, you know, w- with this, I think it's really important that you would maybe provide us with more examples, mm-hmm. uh, specifically of Christ, mm-hmm. if we can. Uh, but maybe you can walk us through a bunch of these typologies that are related to Jesus Christ. And, and that way it will just be that much more evidence and, and, and opportunity for us as we, as we listen to this. Yeah. And I think it's not too hard to find a list because Jesus uh, provides it mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, I'm thinking of um, Romans five fourteen. It literally says Adam is a figure of Christ. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it's, it's a figure mm-hmm. knowing. So the Bible provides us opportunity. Jesus uses Moses, you know, is lifted up. And so he uses all these, he gives us kind of the, the shorthand yeah. of, hey, this is a figure. So when we come to this discussion of finding types, uh, again, again, a lot of the places that you're going to find the clues of what is a type is are going to be found in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romans 5.14 says, nevertheless, <clears throat> death reigned from Adam to Moses. There you have two types, mm-hmm. um, even over, uh, over them that had not sinned, and after the similitude of Adam's transgression was the figure of him that was to come. Yeah. So we in the text, Paul, again, a big believer in types, is able to say, you know, t- teach us that Adam uh, obviously failed in the garden, but God gave him a mission, and through his seed comes the Messiah. We understand all of those things, the mm-hmm. Messiah Highway, but he was the, the first Adam, and then in Corinthians we learn that Jesus is the last Adam. Mm-hmm. Right, and so the Bible itself makes that first type just pop. You know, right. Adam is a type of Christ. Of course, he's a failed type, which is a good lesson in itself because all types fail. Right. So the very first type fails. Yeah. So there's a lesson in that, but it's also giving us information that Jesus Christ is the last Adam, mm-hmm. and where Adam failed, Jesus, you know, uh, didn't. Right. And so he he excelled. You know, again, even Abel is a type of Christ. And mm-hmm. so as you go through and you keep finding these. He's uh, um, the patriarchs. <clears throat> Abel, of course, was slain uh, by Cain. And so there's a lot there. We're not talking about the Antichrist, but there's there's types there. And yeah. so these things just continue to unpack. Um, I think of Joseph. One of my favorites is probably Joseph uh, as a type of Christ. 
of course, uh, very obviously rejected by his brethren. And in the New Testament, we know that he came to his own, his own received him not, that the the uh, 12 tribes descend from Jacob's from mm-hmm. Joseph's brothers. And so all of that imagery is there and it's history. Yeah. And it's, and it's uh, hard to miss it. Right. Um, and so as you read through uh, Genesis and you read about Joseph and account after account, uh, from his coat of many colors to his visions to the way he resisted temptation uh, mm-hmm. and suffered wrongfully, uh, nothing's recorded about. I'm sure he was like us. He had yeah. he was a human, but nothing's recorded of his sinful nature. Right. You know, all of those things are pointing us to Christ mm. and showing us that he was the deliverer, not only of us in the New Testament, but of his brother in Israel. Yeah. So, Again, a, another type, and I could keep going. Uh, yeah, you know. and, and as long as you wanted to go, we, we would be willing to listen because I think it's 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 critical for us to see that this is a is a legitimate thing, and that it does provide insight. Um, it 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 doesn't just put us in awe of scripture as a whole, which it should do. Like mm-hmm. when we see this happening, the complexity is is mind boggling. The, mm-hmm. You know, to to what God was doing when He inspired His Word, or even just did the things He did in history, He right. was always the subtext was always Christ. Absolutely, right? Like it's He was just always talking about His Son. He was just always preparing us for His Son, right? And for this kingdom, right? You know, and to understand the enemy because there's there's tons of types of Satan as well. Absolutely. You know, well, you go back to Genesis three, right? Yeah. And the, even when, as he's judging sin, and he's prophesying, mm-hmm. and he's setting types forth uh, from the need to have uh, the sin covered with a substitutionary sacrifice mm-hmm. uh, to uh, stomping, you know, Satan, uh, Satan yeah. bruising his heel and and crushing his head, it's just full of of imagery that is is a shadow yes. of what is yet to come. Yeah, absolutely. What's the you know? I think that we've established the fact that typology is a legitimate study in, in scripture and is a, a, leg, a legitimate approach to studying God's word, but typology can go too far. I, I think just like um, we can properly read into the text, we can improperly read into the text as well because we're human and we're flawed and we're arrogant and proud and we, you know, we want to find a mystery, I think is, is probably oftentimes the, the motivation for going too far. But can you explain to us what it looks like for us to misuse typology and take it to a place that, that God didn't intend for it to go? Yeah, absolutely. There's, um, <clears throat> there's all kinds of ways that typology can be abused, um, mm-hmm. and, and it is often. Um, uh, one of the things that, that uh, we've talked about in, the, in other conversations is um, you know, just just the doctrine that is very clear. You sh- types break down, mm-hmm. and so you can't. For- you should. We should never force a type uh, to impose on the Word of God. Uh, we it's exegesis, right? We take what the Bible says, and that's right. what we're working with. And sometimes we can get our proclivity. Oftentimes, is to find something neat, or even in our flesh, to want to find some new thing, some compelling yeah. doctrine, some secret knowledge, a little Gnosticism mm-hmm. that perhaps we know something that other people don't know. Mm-hmm. It's not. Hey, listen. If there's something you have that's new that somebody else hasn't come up with, uh, you probably better check it before you go blasting it. Mm-hmm. Because um, I'm not saying that God doesn't give us kisses and give us some information every once in a while. It's just precious to us, right. uh, maybe an insight even. But a lot of times people will take, uh, they'll use they'll, they'll use a type that and force it yeah. upon the text, right? And and uh, and then they they're error. They yeah. go into error. And again, the the, the New Testament, for instance. 
on doctrine. Uh, it, it gives us what we need to know, uh, for instance, about Jesus dying on the cross. Uh, we know that when he hung on the cross for those three hours, he, he, all of hell was brought to him. The wrath of God, the cup of God's wrath was poured up on him. When he said, it is finished, it is finished. Now, there's all yeah. kinds of typology from the Old Testament that leads us there. And we could talk all day about, as we should. But at the end of the day, he didn't suffer in hell in perpetuity. He's not yeah. suffering right now in hell, as the Roman Catholic Church might teach. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, that is because you take a type and you go too far with it. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. We're going to pause right here for just a second so we can hear from one of our students from the Living Faith Bible Institute. I'm Craig Warner. I'm the kids pastor at First Baptist Church of New Philadelphia, Ohio, and a recent graduate of the Living Faith Bible Institute. LFBI was a great chance for me to grow, to learn, to continue my education without having to take time away from my family or my own ministry. In fact, being able to take classes at my own pace ultimately allowed me to be more effective in my ministry. I can't tell you how invaluable it is for LFBI to be structured in such a way that you're encouraged to implement what you learn in ministry and not just sit on the information for yourself. It was a great experience to hear from a variety of instructors uh, from other ministries and parts of the country in tandem with serving my local church. Through LFBI, I received a library of resources that I'll be able to reference for the rest of my life. It was curated by the experience and the countless hours of study put in by the instructors. I can't tell you how grateful I am for all those that invested in and equipped me for the work of the Lord. In addition to the information and resources, I was able to develop relationships with so many of the students and the instructors that have impacted my life in the way that I view ministry. There was a lot of info to retain and there's still a lot that I don't know, but perhaps the greatest takeaway from LFBI is the confidence to be able to compare scripture with scripture and rightly divide the word of truth so that I can be certain of what God says for myself. This is an approach to the Bible that will stay with me for the rest of my life. So if anyone's interested in learning what God's word has to say, I'd encourage you to sign up for the Living Faith Bible Institute. To enroll for classes, visit lfbi.org. To support LFBI, please visit lfbi.org slash support. So you're making reference or you're, you're alluding to uh, Jonah mm -hmm. and um, maybe just briefly talk about, you know, what Christ said and what he did versus, you know, using the type of Jonah to. Yeah, to this was a question that was brought to me early as a pastor. Uh, and it was a, it was kind of a stir in our, mm -hmm. in our little baby church at the time was, you know, Jonah in. And that was one of the dangers of this. So we're talking about the work of Christ on the cross, the finished work of Christ on the cross. And someone wanted to drive a point home that no, no, Jesus suffered in hell, uh, you know, and and they didn't understand the issues of the Catholic doctrine and all of that other right. stuff at the time. They just, they read Jonah and the way they read Jonah was that Jonah suffered in hell for three days. Mm -hmm. And so he suffered in hell for three days. Yeah. That's how they read it. Right. And that's how they applied it to Jesus. So in that case, when it's very manifestly evident that Jesus Christ, he, he did suffer on the cross for three and a half hours and hell was brought to him. Right. That is what the Bible teaches. Yeah, you're forcing that type. I'm not taking anything away from what happened with Jonah and the prophecy. Yeah, it is a type. It's yeah, a it's totally. Type. And Jonah is a type that Jesus himself brings up. Right, three days and three nights are what yeah. is the emphasis. Yeah, and that's how long Jesus was in the center of the earth. But Jesus wasn't suffering in hell. Right, he was delivering captives captive. Right, and so that's clear. Yeah, so that's a good example where we can't take a type 
and force it or impose it upon the truth of God's word. Right. That's and that's a really great example. And other examples exist too. So like David is a type of Christ. He was a shepherd. Uh, he's a king. Um, you know, there's so much we can say about about David as you know he from he's from the right tribe. Like right. there's all these things about David. He was, you know, the the least expected one among right. his brethren. You know, we just on and on and on about David. But then the type breaks down. The type becomes Absolutely. because David was a man and he failed. And and so if you're overdoing the David type, you can take his mistakes and you can begin to force them into mm. all kinds of things. You can that, justify immorality. You can. And I've unfortunately seen that in the yeah. ministry. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so I think that's where... Um, men do need to understand they're just men. And just as the types break down, men break down. That's why Christ is ultimately the the uh, archetype and the antitype. Sometimes we make ourselves the hero instead of realizing that it's Jesus Christ that's right. the hero. Right. So I guess that leads us to the, this very, I mean, we've kind of already answered it, but I'd like to hear you talk about it some more. Is, so it, typology itself is not a doctrine and itself is not a theology, right? T typology supports theology and doctrine. Right. Uh, and so explain that a little bit. Like we have to begin with the truth and the typology kind of comes in and scaffolds what we already know to be true. Explain how that works. Yeah. Cause the typology is, it gives us a, a really a confidence and it shows us the insights to God's mind because mm -hmm. he's provided it before yeah. um, the actual event oftentimes. Mm -hmm. So there's a prophetic nature that we see. And so yeah. we get to see God's um, you know, his prophetic mind at work. It helps build our confidence in the um, authority of God's word. Mm -hmm. And so <clears throat> to, to understand and to build, you know, to build that, that uh, the typology appropriately, um, you know, we do start with Christ and we, and then we go back and we see what God's mind was, was doing, you know, so to mm -hmm. speak, as we go through the Old Testament primarily and of course there, some of those things are uh, manifest even all the way in the future so we're looking at things today uh going into revelation and we're still digging into daniel to oh, find sure. out what is going on yeah so we're, mi we're mixing prophecy but those are types those things that we see yeah that, and there's that, even types in the new testament right of things that are to come right you know things in acts are like oh this here is a type of what we'll see in the millennium mm -hmm. right right so, so it's it's complex at that level it gets it can get pretty complex at times. Yeah. So you know, what are some safeguards or rules uh, for approaching types in Scripture? What are some things that you could give us as students of God's Word that would make it um, simple or easy for us to approach without without us uh, going too far or, or getting outside of the boundaries of what what Scripture is actually calling us to? Yeah, I think the first thing is have a have a priority on doctrine. You mm -hmm. know, make sure we understand what's clear before we get into shadows. Yeah. You know, make sure we really are squared away, as I've, I've kind of illustrated already. Um, and does it have doctrinal evidence? Put the doctrine ahead. You know, throw the type out. If it doesn't match, then it's, it's you know, it's okay. Right. Types break down. Yeah. I think we can't probably say that enough. Types right. break down. Yeah. And uh, we, we don't want to force those things. And also, we got to make sure at um, our own motivation, you know, why do we, as we've already alluded to, why do we want, uh, you know, do we want to have some new knowledge that mm -hmm. we're you know, and we're forcing something in there. Uh, if it's a true type, we're going to be able to check it. We're going to be able to, you know, hey, what, what do you, you see this? You, yeah, you, you other people it. will see it. Yeah, yeah, and we'll yeah. be like, oh, wow, that is, that is, you know, that is really clear. Right. We, I see that. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's neat. I didn't know. 
Um, and uh, it's pretty cool how God does that. Uh, but we're not looking for some mystery or some conspiracy, right. uh, some new nugget of knowledge um, that only we could get, right? Yeah. And then forcing this teaching. Uh, I think an, another thing that's really important, and uh, we I've alluded to this probably in every time I've been on your segments, mm-hmm. is just um, there's a reason that God gives us local New Testament church. And it doesn't matter if you're the pastor or you're the last guy in that just got saved. Yeah. We're all in this church for a reason. Yeah. And as a pastor, uh, as a leader, as a maybe an LFBI student, whoever you may be in ministry, right. um, you're, you're stewarding God's truth. And so you need to be careful and make sure that, that you are sticking to the meat and potatoes before we get into auxiliary information. Yeah. Now, if the type is clear and it illustrates it, well, man, go to town, use it. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, but if you're stretching to get it, you probably it might not be that important. Mm-hmm. You know, leave it for talking to the pastor after church or right. what have you. Run Getting a coffee by, with your yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure that you're working that stuff out before you start blasting it and publicate and, and publishing it as though this is the truth. Yeah. And uh, and then I think just in general accountability. Um, you know, it, it's it's okay to see something and they go, well, that's you know. That's really not a type. That's mm-hmm. you just had too much pizza, and so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got some indigestion. Yeah, you got on. some yeah. indigestion, but yeah. that's okay. You know, man, you know, I think what you're saying too is super important because I think in a, in our world today, where people are obsessed with end times, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they're obsessed with conspiracy. What they'll do is they will uh, take the QAnon approach to typology, and what they'll say is they'll have some sort of uh, information in the news. Um, some sort of, of thing that's happening in our world today, societally. And then what they'll do is they'll pull a type from scripture and then they'll create this kind of consti- conspiratorial application using typology, which what you're saying is, no, we use typology to reinforce what we see in s- scripture, not to reinforce some sort of conspiratorial idea that we see in the world. But this, this there's YouTube videos thousands upon thousands of Bible-believing Christians who are doing just that. They're, t- they're pulling yeah. information out of its actual context in order to support some sort of idea that's extra-biblical. Right. And, you know, God, uh, God's a gracious God, but He will give you enough rope to hang yourself. Yeah. And so— um, and that's oftentimes what that is. I do mm-hmm. believe that God allows people to run with these— uh, these silly things and then what happens is it becomes self-evident like a false prophet deuteronomy mm-hmm. 18 mm-hmm. that these folks have been dabbling in the in the wrong uh, part of the bible yeah. you know they're just they're just uh stretching things to match their own hermeneutic uh, which and that's it's important that <clears throat> we're sober about these there's all kinds of incredible things happening every day um and when i teach uh, i think i think one of the things you can do to avoid that as a teacher is when you're not certain is just to say so. Yeah. You know, Be honest it, it doesn't it. mean, you know, uh, if you're in the, if you're looking at uh, the images of Daniel and you're, or in Revelation, the seven heads and 10 horns and, you know, are those economic unions? Are those, yeah. is that the, is that the EU? Uh, we'll just be honest, say we really don't know. We right. thought it was the EU, but now we're not sure. Right. You know, yeah. Uh, just be honest and God'll, God'll, it's okay. Yeah. God'll, God'll give us what we need when we need it. Um, conversely, though, there there are there are times when we need to you know the types are, the ones that are clear, uh, you know we don't want to we don't want to manipulate those and monkey around with them either, mm-hmm. you know, and so uh, you know the, 
the Moonies, right? That he was yeah. not the Christ. Right. It doesn't matter how much you think your life lines up with Jesus Christ. Uh, you're not the hero. Jesus Christ is right. the hero. Yeah. And so uh, that can that can be very dangerous when people misapply types that are legitimate. Mm-hmm. You know, prophecies and prophetic types of Christ, but all of a sudden they're like, "Well, and by the way, that's me." Yeah. Uh, it's good to apply the word personally, but you definitely got to be careful because with too much knowledge. Uh, you can get puffed up and fall in a hurry. Yeah, no, that's that's really really important. Now, uh, you know, we talked about types of Christ. <clears throat> Primarily, our conversation has been about you know how does the Old Testament uh, make give give us doctrinal insight to to the person of Christ and who he was and what his life was like and and even you know who he'll be in the future for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with that, I'm sure that you have lots of types in in Scripture that you just love to talk about. Right, mm-hmm. that are beyond even just types of Christ, but just types in Scripture. Like one of the ones I found myself talking about, I teach the First Samuel class. Mm-hmm. Um, the types of of Antichrist in Penina, and then in Saul, and even in Eli. And right, so these characters within the story of First Samuel, there are picture types of the Antichrist, Goliath. Goliath, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And yeah. so, what are some other types in Scripture that you find particularly fascinating? Well, uh, another good one uh, along those lines, but not the Antichrist, but another type that's so incredible to look at is like Ruth and mm-hmm. seeing Christ in the church, Boaz, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the kinsman redeemer. That's beautiful. Yeah. And you can see that also uh, in Esther, on the other hand, you can mm-hmm. see a Gentile bride getting ready to be uh, taken off the throne and replaced with a Jewish bride. And mm-hmm. as we look at eschatology, we see that going on yeah, and unfolding, good. you know, with uh, the Israel and the the times of the Gentiles. And so uh, those types, I love those things. Those mm-hmm. are incredible to study out, to uh, meditate upon, and it gives you great insight into where God's going. Um, you can you can see um, in those in those sort of things, um, uh, you know, not only the church, what God's doing with Israel, um, and then there's, there's other types that God brings. Um, so yeah. Enoch, Enoch was one that I had in mind, you know, an incredible type mm. of, uh, you know, the, the rapture of the church. You know, Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him. Yeah. And so uh, little little types, I say they're little, but they're really profound. Uh, and then Noah, of course, is a type, sure. you know, judgments all over all over Peter and talking about, you know, the judgments that come, not only the judgment in the tribulation, but even after that, after yeah. the millennium, you know. And, uh, and so, um, yeah, there's a lot there that we could get into and um, – uh, Joshua is another type. Of course, his name means Jesus. And yeah. so getting kind of back to Jesus as you watch him march through the promised land, that's got a couple, you can see several fulfillments. Many of these types have dual fulfillments. Right. You know, and, and in, their, in their types, you can see one at the first coming or at the second coming. Um, another one is Judges. I love the book of Judges, mm-hmm. especially in the time we're in. Uh, and, and as you walk through the the 10 judges or 11, depending on how you lay them out. Right. Those, that time of judges, <clears throat> you know, you can see in Samson, you can see in, in Gideon, you can see these incredible types and pictures that are really applicable uh, to the time in which we live. Mm. And so there's a lot that we can lift out there in regard to our view of the Word of God and how we respond to things that are going on in our world today. Yeah. And, uh, and so there's a lot of practical things there that we can really glean in those types. That's that's. Awesome. And and you, what you're doing right now for us is just reminding us of just how pervasive uh, typology is in scripture. Yeah. It really is, uh, you know, surrounding all of these narratives 
they have a, an immediate application to the story and the narrative, the historical, what's happening historically, you know, in the Old Testament, but also they have these beautiful insights into what God is doing in, in, in the world. So what would you say uh, to this idea that typology actually can function as an apologetic? So say you're interacting with someone who doesn't believe, you know, really before someone can believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, they have to, really the first belief is, do am I going to believe what this ancient book says? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in terms of convincing uh, a, a non-believer that the Bible is a legitimate book, how can typology become an apologetic for that work? It's very effective in, in doing that. I, as a matter of fact, I've it's, I've actually um, had good discussions with people um, who have claimed to be atheists and and what have you or agnostic, and when I've brought up the issues of of Daniel, not just the historical account of Daniel, but but wait a minute, you know Daniel's prophecies, his visions say this, and then mm -hmm. this did happen both historically and then there's still yet more to come. Mm -hmm. uh, so what do we do with that? And it's like hmm. You know, causes them to sit back and say, "Wow, maybe there is more to it." Because if they're intellectually honest, they can study those things, right? And they can see that God did fulfill His promises um, and His and His imagery uh, mm -hmm. in, in the Old Testament. Yeah, and I think even in the types, you can you can talk about. You know, I was thinking about the the rock in the wilderness. Oh yeah, and uh, and how Christ is the is our rock, and how it produced water, and just like I think those forms of of type do make the truth of Christ profound because when you point it out to a lost person, they can't help but say there's something to that. Like right. God was clearly, this is a commentary and this happened thousands of years before the actual event. And I can see that commentary taking place. Oh, that suggests that this is a supernatural book worth trusting. Absolutely. And there's uh, several of those types of um, of types, you know, in addition, yeah, th that one. And, and, uh, when they, you go back, one of the ones that's really effective is when you just deal with the fact that Adam, ha you know, was covered by, it doesn't say a lamb, but mm -hmm. by a sacrifice, right. an animal had to die. And you start to illustrate that. Um, and you then bring that forward. You can run that all the way up to, uh, the book of Isaiah and, and Acts chapter eight. And, and you have the Ethiopian eunuch reading Isaiah going, who is he talking about? himself mm -hmm. or some other mm -hmm. and really that theme runs all the way through and that's 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 the uh that's the atonement of jesus christ he's the lamb you know that came to take away the sin of the world and and so um those types are just they just preach when it yeah. comes to and, and again someone that's looking at that is like wow that theme is all the way through the bible yeah it is yeah yeah something innocent had to die to cover your sin man so powerful and so and so divine mm -hmm. like i mean anybody who wants to say that the bible i mean and that is an argument i mean that's maybe something worth bringing up is that, that people do you know the bible was transcribed and it was written you know by the the pen of men and I, a lot of times you'll hear people say well those types or those types of illusions in scripture uh this would be like a critical text person or mm -hmm. or someone who is is unsaved scholarly would say, well, those additions were made, those things happened in the transcription, those connections weren't actually there. They were added, you know, as the Bible was being, you know, disseminated throughout time. What I mean, what do you say to that? They're wrong. <laughs> 
That, hey, that's good enough for <laughs> They're me. They're wrong. No, well, they, they haven't. Really, when you study the Word of God and you see the types, uh, you know, if you go to Genesis 22 and you watch, um, you know, there's so many. First of all, the, it's so voluminous. Yeah. I mean, even in this conversation, we are we are skipping a rock yeah. over all kinds of types. And we could sit here for hours yeah. and just talk about type after type after type. That is not, uh, that's not a human invention. No. And there's there's sixty six books, and the, not all those authors could tie those together. It's right. not a human. It's not humanly possible. Right. You can barely get any manuscript to, to work and function like that. You know, with computers alone, mm-hmm. a book put together over so many years with so many authors. Yeah. So that's divine in and yeah. of itself. So uh, they're being intellectually dishonest. But also, you see the power of a type, like in Genesis twenty two, the first mention of worship. In the Bible is Abraham, you know, going up to the mount with Isaac, and again, the the first mention of a lamb is yeah, there as yeah. well. Even though the the imagery of it's all the way back in Genesis mm-hmm. with Adam in the garden and having an innocent animal cover his sin, then all of a sudden the first mentions in Genesis twenty two. I mean, what's that about? And it's about worship, you know, and yeah. it's about a picture of a ram caught in the thicket, and mm-hmm. and all of these things that are there. And just continue to to you know as we go through the the Old Testament, uh, type after type after type accentuate that, and it's no no question about that as a type. Again, a lot of these types are confirmed in the New Testament, mm-hmm. and they weren't they weren't backlogged from you know uh, fifty A.D. Uh, you know all the way back. Right. That was God's yeah. good hand of, on on His Word, yeah. and that's why we have a faith based view of the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't. Uh, if you want to put your faith in in scholarship and and um, and aberrant reasoning of men that are putting themselves as the authority, mm-hmm. have at it. But that's not going to save you, and no. it doesn't take anything away from what the Word of God clearly is manifesting. And so, if you ba- if you if we approach the Word of God as it is in truth, the words of God, man, these types will just they'll just uh, edify your soul and show you so much about who Jesus is. Yeah. Well, Brian, that's dude, that's good. That's perfect. Thank you so much for sitting down and talking to me about this. It's such a, you know, it's just one facet of our approach to the study of God's word. But I think it's worth highlighting and discussing about how to do it right. Amen. Yeah. So Brian, I'm I'm so grateful. Every time you've been on the show, it's been so much fun. It's so easy to talk to you. Well, good. It's great to talk to you. It's good to be on your show. I appreciate it. And we want to thank you for joining us as well uh, for another episode of The Postscript. If today's conversation was inspiring to you or or built faith in you and, and you're more interested in learning how to study God's Word, learning the principles of how to study God's Word, We want to invite you to visit lfbi.org and consider enrolling for one of a couple classes that we offer at the Bible Institute. Uh, Foundations 3 is a course that we invite new students into the school to take. And in that class, you will learn about how to study the Bible. Uh, But also hermeneutics is a 16-week course in how to study God's Word taught by Pastor Greg Axe. And so if that interests you at all, we ask that you would visit lfbi.org and sign up for uh, spring classes, which are coming very, very soon. Uh, Also, we want to invite you to visit lfbi.org and consider purchasing the Keys of Bible Study. This is a book written by Pastor Mark Trotter. Uh, where he discusses all the principles for studying the Bible. And this is really uh, a fantastic uh, and easy read and one that will benefit you for many, many years in terms of your approach to God's Word. And so with all that said, we love you, we're grateful for you, and we're, we're uh, appreciative any time that you want to spend with us on this show and, and listening into these dialogues about who God is and, and who He's made us to be. But we love you, and we hope to hear from you again next week. 
God bless. Thanks for listening to The Postscript. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating and review in order to help other people find our podcast. If you value this show, please help us continue creating content by supporting Living Faith Bible Institute at lfbi.org support.